Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, post-Sunday podcasters? Welcome to another episode of the post-Sunday podcast. I'm your host here, Johnny Sierra, here with Pastor Tim Grandstaff, my co-host. What's going on, my man? Let's go. We're diving in today. We are going We got a lot to talk about. Yes. And this is is good stuff. So if you're listening, join us, share, like. Let's go. Yeah, let's make it work, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Every episode that we get to, to do, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's awesome. This is such a, a fun moment for us to just continue to extending ourselves out um, into different p- platforms. But uh, post-Sunday podcast, if you're new with us, welcome. Thank you for joining with us, whether you're hearing us on Spotify and iTunes. Appreciate your support and love. If you're checking us out on our brand new channel, youtube.com backslash at Post Sunday Podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are very excited about that outlet. Um, Really got some really good creative things coming down the pipeline with that outlet. But um, if you're new with us, what is this all about? Post Sunday Podcast is basically an extension of Genesis Church Orlando. What we're going to be talking about throughout these episodes is the Word of God, uh, an extension of what's been talked about on Sunday morning, and we air this weekly, so we want to make sure that we're just getting the Word out, literally. Uh, But we like to apply practical applications, questions, anything that really uh, just breaks things up a little bit uh, that we might not have enough time on a traditional Sunday service. And so you can find us on all uh, podcasting platforms, um, inst- uh, but also check us out on Instagram, Instagram, our post Sunday podcast. We'd like to do some really cool, creative things there. And like I said, I mentioned earlier, youtube.com. I'm excited about that one. Go check us out, subscribe, like, um, and, and just hit that notification button as well so that you can get notified every time we get something out for you guys. But all of this is really coming out of Genesis church, Orlando, dot com backslash the never ending story go check that uh, page out all the info that we have is there available for you to follow along with us uh, and be in the know of where we are on everything Um, that's a mouthful but i still got some more for you guys Uh, we have an amazing youtube contest taking place amazing amazing keyword yes for everybody listening it's good it's really good i'm excited about it uh, we got a YouTube contest. So if you go to youtube.com backslash po- at post Sunday podcast, share, like, and subscribe. That's it. Share, like, subscribe. All you got to do. Winner will be announced on May 8th. I was pushing for Cinco de Mayo, but May 8th is fine. That's just so you can say it. <laughs> Way better than I can say it. Uh, I can't say it in the flow. Yeah. That you say it. It's okay, bro. That's all right. But I still celebrate it. Yeah, yeah, man. You're learning you Spanish. You're, you're learning Spanish, bro. We're going to... Not Spanish, the, I'm, try, I'm trying. By the, you know, some weeks and months from now, you'll, you'll, you'll be rolling those R's really well. Oh, we'll see. 
$50 Amazon gift card for the winner. Um, and so be on the lookout, man. Subscribe, like, and share. That's all you have to do. But here we go, man. Episode 18. We are going to be discussing Exodus 19 and 20. Um, and it's just getting better and better, man. As we start to really break up the scriptures here in the book of Exodus, we really get to see section for section what's happening, uh, what's the mindset and process that these Israelites are really going through uh, when it comes to what God is trying to to show and develop in them. And uh, we, we, we talked about some really, really cool things last week, but um, I love how you uh, just really brought up a few different points, and and one of them is, uh, and I'll open up with this, but my view of myself, uh, my view of myself needs to change for my view of God to change. Um, I thought that was pretty pretty powerful. Um, talk to us a little bit about that because I think you know people really have, um, they don't really see that perspective. They they may see themselves in a different way than 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 what God is trying to do. So this. This is possibly the most, I would say, life-changing passage of Scripture for myself Mm. that when I relearned it, let's use that word today, when I I learned it in a whole new way, it changed everything. So when you, you grew up and your grandfather's a pastor, your dad's a pastor, you know, it wasn't like I grew up going, that's what I'm doing next. (laughs) I'm going to be a pastor like them. Um, but you grew up in church, so you hear all the church stories. You, you hear the, the the baseline telling of each piece of each story. And then all of a sudden, there's this moment where you go, wait, there's something more in this story that <laughs> I've never great. experienced or learned. And that is why we call this a never-ending story. Yeah. This whole adventure this year, this never-ending story that that we hold, the Bible, that you can keep coming back to over and over and over again, and it will always teach you new things if you're willing to explore it and take the adventure into it. That's why it's never ending. That, that's that's the basis for where we're at. And yeah. so when you grow up in church, and as I did, I went to public school and then to a Christian school, and then I, I went to a Christian university. There, there are these moments where people are like, well, you grew up in it. It's so much easier for you. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, that's... Let's be honest, that's the opposite. When you grow up in it all the time, you take it for granted. Yeah. You begin to to ignore it. It just becomes noise. You you have this desire to know like, well, what's the other side like? Right? Mm-hmm. So this is this is the inevitable of Christian school kids. I know all the right things to do, but I want to maybe explore some of the wrong things to do. Mm-hmm. So you you have this battle when you're when you're in it all the time. Now let me let me explain that 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 statement that I made that my view of myself needed to change for my view of God to change because really it's the other way when your view of God changes your view of yourself changes mm. you know that that's the truth of it but my view of myself had to change for me to really see God for all that he is really not just in his whole story but in this particular passage and so we say at Genesis, we exist to rethink life the way God intended. Yeah. 
So it's always rethinking. It's Romans 12. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. We have to be renewed in our mind and thinking all the time. And so that's why we come to the story of God. And so it's rethinking things that you hear, but you have to truly like start to, to grasp. Like God doesn't need me, but God wants me, right? Like you, you have to understand that perspective of things. God doesn't need me, but God wants me, right? Which is powerful. It's life Then allows us to go, well, then I need God, right? Yeah. He doesn't need me. I need him. But the real perspective is that God wants you. So today in, in the story this past week and, and, and where we're at in the book of Exodus and, and what happened on Sunday is really for all of those people who have the wrong view of God, who have the wrong view of Christianity, who have the wrong thinking about faith, who have the wrong mindset about the Bible. So like if you're that person doubting, struggling, wondering, you know, more pessimistic than op optimistic, if you're a skeptic, whatever it is, if you're just curious, like this is that moment to lean in a little bit because this is where the story changes. And if you grasp the difference in the story of who God is, then it changes your perspective. So of yourself. So when my view changes, my view of God changes. Ultimately it's God is changing me. He doesn't need me, but he wants me. And so we go deeper into that. Yeah. And I, and, and I love that, man. And I think this is honestly, it's, it's really a reflection of what we've been doing this entire year, breaking down the misconception of what we grew up thinking, you know, certain things and scripture says, really getting into the, the nitty gritty of what scripture really, really is saying about certain things, because, you know, I'll, I'll admit there were some things that I was even, uh, had a misinterpretation on, you know, had a, a just clouded misinterpretation on a certain area subject thing that was communicated in scripture that maybe I, I just kind of took it and, 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 and just kind of turned it around into what I wanted to create out of it. And what we the beauty of what we've been doing here in the Never Ending Story and through this podcast is we're just breaking down those misconceptions and really getting to what the nitty-gritty of Scripture says. And so, so uh, one of the things that was said here is sometimes the God you think he is is not the God his word says he is. And in saying everything that I just said, that's exactly what I'm meaning by, by that. Like sometimes the God you think he is, when you read it, it is not the God his word says he is, you know? And so you have to be very careful. And there's two sides of the coin to that. So let's, let's clarify that yeah. today for our listeners and our, our watchers is that there's, there's the wrong way to read scripture. Mm -hmm. And that is, let me read scripture to see what I can get out of it. Yeah. So the right way that. to approach scripture is let me see what God is doing in the story that then I can learn from. Mm. But if you immediately try to flip it to you, you miss the purpose and the context of the story. The other side though, like you've said in, in our own spiritual journey is to learn that we didn't necessarily learn it the wrong way. It's a never ending story. Yeah. There's just layers and layers to learn. That's and good. that's what we're wanting to do is like, hey, you heard the story of David and Goliath, but did you think about this? Did you see this? Did you yeah. did you miss this? So it doesn't mean that necessarily you you 
ended up in the wrong church with the wrong pastor under the wrong teacher or whatever. It's just now this never ending story. When you keep coming back to it, it'll keep giving you new things because that's what God does. He reveals himself through his word. Therefore, as he reveals himself, we learn more about who he is, which then transforms us. So then my view of myself changes in, in view in light of the revelation of God that I'm learning and discovering. Yeah. And man, it isn't, isn't that exactly what God's trying to do with the Israelites? Yes. Breaking down uh, layers, um, breaking down um, just years of, of, of misconception or, or, or just years of heartache and um, disbelief, frustration. Um, there's a lot to work through. And so walk us a little bit through where, where, we're, where we're going with this this week uh, in the book of Exodus. Um, yeah, so let's, we're getting to Mount Sinai. Yeah. But just a little piece before that to kind of, to know some of the things that are playing out. So we're mainly in Exodus 19, yeah. Exodus 20, but in Exodus 18, you have this, this story that can get skipped over really quickly of Moses and his father-in-law Jethro. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, and I'm just going to summarize this quickly so that we can spend more time in the other stuff, comes to Moses, and Moses comes to him, and he says, listen, all the people keep bringing me all their problems. And in essence, his father-in-law says, listen, that's not good for you as the leader. That's not good for them, right? Because I, I heard one guy say, what that is doing is that's kind of making Moses the new Pharaoh, right? Everybody comes to Moses with all their problems, then Moses decides and dictates what goes on. And so he tells them, you need to raise up some other men and you need to give them out accordingly so that they can help you so that the people can bring their problems to them and they can facilitate that. And so now what you're seeing is there's a, a group of people within this that are trying to figure out, okay, we're no longer in Egypt. So how are we supposed to navigate and live? If we've got issues, if we've got conflict, if we've got fights and arguments, what, how, do, how do we navigate that? So you find that a people group that have now left a certain civilization in Egypt now are trying to figure out, okay, as this new people group, how are we going to navigate life? Exodus 19, God shows up. Hey, guess what? I'm going to do the best thing for you. I'm going to actually give you instructions. That's good and commands for how to live. And so for those that immediately, like that's your first thought of God. God is this this, this judge with laws and commands, and they're so, you know, uh, just restrictive and, 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 and they suck the life out of, out of me and, and they, they take away your happiness from all the things you want to enjoy. You now kind of see this little piece, this little backdrop that God's saying, no, 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 I did lead you out and I'm going to show you the best way to live. So I'm going to give you specific instructions along the way. Yeah, that's good. He says um, in Exodus 19, 3 through 6, um, he goes on, he said, Moses went up to to God. The Lord called called him out of the mountain saying, thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel. So this is what he's getting ready to tell them pretty much. You yourselves have seen what I did in the, uh, in, did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself, reminding them, right? Like, this is what I've done. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, obey and keep 
You shall be my treasured possessions among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. The Bible always tells of a God who comes down to be with his people. And you see that here. Yeah, so this is this is that moment where even from Moses, this is a big moment. Yeah. Because God co- comes to Moses, Exodus 3, in a burning bush and says, this is what you're going to do. This is what I'm calling you to. And this will be a sign when all this is over. Mm. He tells him in Exodus 3, you will come back to this mountain to worship me. So now we know the beginning of the story takes place in Mount Sinai, and here they are. Mm. So if you're Moses, this is once again God saying, I do what I promise I will do, Yeah. right? Guess what God doesn't do? What we want him to do. There's a big difference. We want to open up the scriptures, and we want God to do things for us he didn't actually promise to do. And so there's one aspect of rethinking all of this, that God always does what he promises to do, but what you want doesn't mean he promised he was going to do that. Yeah. So let's make sure that we know the word of God. But you get to this moment where the beautiful thing, as you just said, is that the story of God from beginning to end, and this is something like mind-blowing to me, and when you study it, it would change your perspective. Because for a lot of people, now I know some people will disagree, maybe even theologically with me here for a moment. That's okay. I think that the Bible shows more of what I'm about to say than what other people think. They have this idea that the, that the Christian faith is this faith where you hold on to this, this supernatural faith of this God far away. One day he's going to blow a trumpet and you're going to float far away to him and just disappear. Okay? For most of those people, their theology is built out of fictional books and movies. Let's just be honest. Okay? That's where Left they behind. think about how all this is going to play out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so this, this in essence... This thread that God shows us at the beginning of it all is no different than the end. Mm. It's like we get to the end and we try to change who God is. The Bible's always shown God always comes down to be with his people. Genesis chapter 3, he comes down to walk in the garden with Adam and Eve. We know it through the story of Moses, through the Tower of Babel, it says that God came down and saw the evil, mm. right? And this is why he made the decisions that he made. We know with Abraham, he comes down to Abraham to talk with him and to meet with him at the tent. When, when it comes to the burning bush, he comes down. We're at Mount Sinai. He comes down. He says, build me a tabernacle that I may come down and dwell in it. Build me a temple so that I may come be in it. He he comes in the form of his son, Jesus, yeah. to be with us. And then he says, hey, when my son comes back to be with me, I'm going to send down my spirit to be mm. with you. And the ending of the story is that I saw heaven coming down wow. to earth. It's always been about a God who comes down to us. We, if you could just grasp that for a moment, That's that this God wants to come down and be with you. Desires you. He is not some faraway God who doesn't care, yeah. who's not listening, who's not, not paying attention, not observing. He's just doing whatever he does in heaven in his realm. And one day I'll fly away to meet him there. <laughs> this story of God from beginning to end is a God who comes down to be with his people people. That's good, man. And when he does, he tells them things that they've never heard before. 
This is what God does for us. So you are a slave in Egypt for 400 years. You have no value. You have no worth outside of making bricks for Pharaoh. And now this God comes down and he says, you saw what I did in Egypt, how I brought you out. He doesn't just say brought you out. He says, unto myself. And then he begins to tell them, I'm going to make a covenant with you because you're mine. You're Mm. my treasured possession. They they would have never heard that they were treasured to anybody in Pharaoh. To Pharaoh, if you make your brick quota, then you may have some value to me. If you don't, you're, you're, you're taking away resources, food resources. You're taking up our time. Your life has no value. Yet God is saying, you will be a treasured possession for me. A kingdom of priests, not a slave nation, a holy nation set apart. This is completely the opposite of what they've experienced for generations. And God is speaking this to them here at Mount Sinai. Yeah, it's so good. He goes on, I mean, Exodus 19, as we broke it down, you saw what I did in Egypt. I have brought you to myself. Keep my covenant. You are mine. I will make you a kingdom of priests. You are a holy people. Uh, But Exodus 19, 5, now, if indeed you will obey my voice, right? Like, yeah, God desires relationship, but there's a two-way street to that. You know, it's like, I will, I will do whatever it takes. I'll move heaven and earth to be with you. But I need to know that you are going to trust me, that you are going to obey me, that you are going to be uh, alongside me with this in this journey. And so on Exodus 19, 8, all the people answered together and said, all that, the, all that they, the Lord has spoken, we will do. Right? So they're saying... They're, they're, they're giving God what he wants to hear, right, back, at that moment. We're back to that word, if. <laughs> that, that's the key part of this, right? So oh, God's love yep. is unconditional. Yeah. Let me do it. It's, we're back to freedom for yep. us means liberation. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, this, is, this is just because it's happened this week, right? So just for reference point. And this is in no way uh, telling people who you should vote for. But I'm watching uh, the video from... Joe Biden, who is rerunning in 2024. So they, they release a video. And, and in, in, in doing so, when it comes on, first thing he talks about is Americans want more freedom. Mm. We want more liberation. Because in our culture, that means let me do whatever I want to do. Yeah, That's what liberation is. That's not what was happening for the nation of Egypt. They weren't being freed and liberated to go do whatever they want. God is telling them, look, I did this. Yeah. I brought you out of Egypt, and I am bringing you to me to be a treasured possession. Here's the little clincher in all of it. If, there's a condition in this. If you obey me. Yep. If you listen to me. If you follow my commands. He says, then you will be a treasured possession. Yes, a yeah. kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Good. So he doesn't just say, oh, you're just going to be one no matter what. He says, if, and like you said, They've heard the rumbling of God on a mountaintop at this moment. And so they respond. All that the Lord has said, think about that, all. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say this all the time in the sense of my grandfather used to say, all means all, that's all, all means. Like it means all. Okay, God, all that you say, we will do. Yeah. Guess what? He hasn't told them yet, mm. right? 
He hasn't told them yet. So they're like, we're all in. Just tell us what you want from us. Are you sure? <laughs> we'll do all of it. We promise, God. Are we you promise. Sure? Give me all you want from me. Because that's how people are. Well, I just want to know what God wants. Do you really want to know all that God wants? Yeah. Because if you know all that God wants, are you going to obey it and do it? That's true. That's true. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> exactly. Because you might just get it. Because you might get it. And, I mean, you don't know the stipulations. Yeah. Um, but, man, I mean, we I think this has been a common thing we've been talking about the last few weeks. But freedom, there, uh, it, it, it's not all that we think it's supposed to be, and, and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to seem, um, or I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, basically, like, with freedom, like, there is still, uh, the freedom that God at least has given us, there's a, there's a, there, there's boundaries within it, like, like, freedom in, in the way that the world is presenting it is, is, is a whole different freedom than what God is presenting to us. And, uh, and here God in the story of Exodus is, is, is giving them a freedom, but there is some boundaries and these boundaries are barriers of protection for you. They're not necessarily, uh, inhibiting you from living your, the life to the fullest that many people have this misconception. I've said this before, you know, when they, when they come into, uh, religion or whatever they they look at this like, or, or they they read scripture. They're like, oh, it's it's a book full of laws and regulations that we gotta follow, pinpoint to the T, uh, and all it is is restrictive. Listen, all it is doing is protecting you from making your life even more of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's it's one of those things that I think I've really learned throughout the years that, listen, God's freedom, that is true freedom. But the freedom he's providing is a different freedom than what the world is trying to tell you. And the world is trying to tell you that you need this, you need to be all out, right? And but what does that do? It leads you down this, this wide pathway full of destruction where God's freedom literally leads you through a narrow road that's more dialed in, that's more centered around him, focused, and it's protecting you, and you're under his covering. And so I, I just I, I find it fascinating how, um, you know, we really just misinterpret the freedom that, this world really brings and compared to the freedom that God gives. The, the honesty is that people, they don't dislike the laws of God. Yeah. They just don't like all of them. Mm. Right. Who's going to sit around and go, yeah, that command to not kill who came up with that. Right. Yeah. No, like it's a great law. Why? Yeah. It, it's, it protects life. It's a sanctity of life, you know, law. So, we just don't like all of them. And I listened to this guy a few weeks back say, you know, for the atheists, it's not a belief in, in nothing, right? Like that's the most false idea of atheism. Really, it's a belief in everything. Because what you're saying is I don't have a belief in anything. Therefore, whenever I choose to do something, I can pull from it. Mm. Well, that's a belief in everything because at some point you're making a decision or choice based upon 
a belief in something, right? It just has no boundaries, like you said, yeah. no fences, no guardrails. And there is not a parent on the planet, a good parent, let me say that, <laughs> that, you know, that doesn't put boundaries and fences in their home yeah. for their kids. For protection. I mean, even when a child is young and they're crawling, yeah. we go get those little plastic, you know, guards and you stick them in the electric socket. Why? Because you know your kid's going to grab a screwdriver, a knife, whatever, and maybe put it in there and hurt themselves. And so you put that in place to protect them. Yeah. So we do this. We just get to the point where we think we know more and we don't want it being done for us. And that is not just the nation of Israel. That's all of us. So you're, you're rejecting what we say is the best life possible. Who, who would put the best life possible in place for us? The one who creates it, the author and giver of life. So why not pay more attention to that than the news or the media or, or whatever it is, social media, that is giving you an anti-God way of living and not wake you up to the reality that that's not the best life for you. It's only going to lead to the wrong destination. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Exodus nineteen fourteen through 15. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecra consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. Yeah, so now God says, look, take three days. You know, take it for what you want. There's a lot of three days in the Bible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when God does some really cool things, and he says, Go get ready for this. So as we've said, they've said, we'll do this. Yeah. Oh, you will? Okay, go get ready. Go consecrate yourself. Mm -hmm. Go cleanse yourself. Go purify yourself. Come back to me undefiled. Like it even says, uh, don't even go near a woman, right? So people are like, well, that just sounds weird. He's saying, listen, no, I want you completely focused and dialed in for what I'm about to do That's when good. you show back up at this mountain. And so this was, okay, if you're going to do all that I tell you to do, Here's the first few steps. For three days, prepare yourself to experience and encounter what I brought you out here in the wilderness to do. Mm. So that's like the build up, the really exciting, like the, the music would be building, you know, type of a deal because this is where now they're going to come stand at the foot of the mountain and God's going to come down. That's good, man. And, yep, like you said, on the third day, Exodus 19, um, 16 through 18, on, on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire and the whole mountain trembled greatly. Just to, cinematically, man, yeah. that's that's got to be like, that's got to be epic. Yeah. So you know, I'm, I got this the guy that's doing AI art. You know, yeah, yeah. In, in a picture of this, just it's fantastic. Like how how can you visualize this? Mm. Because you can't fathom it, right? This is as we know, you know, the term the Shekinah glory. God's presence descends down upon the mountain. So imagine being at the foot of this mountain and there's this thick cloud around it and there's Crazy. there's thunder and there's lightning and, and all this. What people need to know though, and, and I want to just kind of unpack this for a second. This is Pentecost. So 
This is the first biblical Pentecost. So for those who celebrate Pentecost or grew up in a church that, that, you know, that was part of its annual calendar, whatever it was, it's not just an Acts chapter 2 thing. And people need to understand that. Because everybody's like, let's get to Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, and let's talk about all the crazy things and all the great things that God was doing in that moment when the Holy Spirit arrived. But as we've been saying, the Bible has great symmetry. Like it just has a beautiful symmetry about it because there's so many things that God is saying, I'm the God who did that, mm. and I'm the God who still does that, right? That, that's the beauty of this never-ending story. So you get to Pentecost at Mount Sinai first. Notice what happens. All the people are gathered in one place at the foot of the mountain, yeah. right? God comes down and it describes it. There's wind, there's a cloud, there's smoke, there's thunder and fire, mm. okay? And so, and what happens, and we'll get into this in a few moments, what does God do? He gives us his words, his commandments yeah. at Mount Sinai. Now, this is, few chapters later, and, and we won't really get all the way there in, in today's podcast, but we know there's a moment where, just as you said, all they've seen, all they've seen, and there's still an ignorant group of people in Israel because it, there becomes a moment where God says, hey, if you're really going to do all that you say that you're going to do because they've you know done the golden calf and all that stuff, he draws a line and he says, step over it. Well, it tells us that there are 3,000 people that day that didn't step over it. They get swallowed up. The earth opens up and swallows them. Okay? You don't come play with God, right? This is why God says, sanctify yourself. You can come stand at the foot of the mountain where I'm going to be. You better be pure and holy and set apart when I show up. And so, but Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, what's happening? All the people are gathered in one place, and then there's trembling and there's like the sound of thunder and there's a wind blowing and then they see what looks like fire tongues of fire coming down on the people and so at sinai god is giving his word at acts chapter 2 he's giving his spirit what's the first thing we know about the spirit of god when you are filled with the holy spirit it is not that you get to pray in, in an angelic tongue okay we can save that for another podcast. That's not Acts chapter two. That's a misinterpretation of Acts chapter two. The first role of the spirit of God goes back to what God told us. We read it in the prophets that he would etch the words of God on our hearts, mm. on the tablets of our heart. That's the language. So just as God etched the commandments on the tablets of stone at Mount Sinai, now the spirit shows up to etch the words of God on the tablets of our hearts. At Sinai, because of the rebellion, 3,000 people are taken away. Acts chapter 2 tells us how many were added to the faith that day. 3,000 people. If you don't see the symmetry yeah. and see what God is doing, when God comes down and gives us what he gives us, the power in it, That's it's so a good. beautiful thing. That's so it's an good. amazing thing. And so you, um, you go into a perfect picture I mean, I thought that's fantastic, by the way. Um, and I love that. You opened up literally Genesis 1, January 1. The Bible has symmetry. Yeah. And that stuck with me, like, till this day. And it's the truth. And I look at it that way, and everything comes together. And God just knows how he's doing it, when he's doing it, with what purpose. But here we now begin to transition into what looks like a marriage. 
what look what looks to us as a marriage contract uh ketuba yeah yeah so here's where now whatever your view of god is you can cling to it or you can let it be radically changed which then would radically change your view of yourself mm. remember god doesn't need you but god wants you and this god comes down to be with you and call you his treasured possession and so everything that's setting up really is as you just said this amazing wedding ceremony jewish weddings a uh, a uh, 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 custom jewish wedding has different elements in it mm -hmm. and they're all really about this passage of scripture and so if you were to go to a more of an orthodox jewish wedding or whatever you would see the people standing under a, a canopy now we we who are not jewish some people stand under an archway or whatever mm -hmm. it's still the same thing but the canopy is called a hoopah and many times the canopy over top of it has stretched out a prayer shawl so it's this reminder that when we come to the wedding altar and we stand under this canopy, we are, we are committing our lives together under the canopy of God's laws and instructions. Wow. And so there's this beautiful picture in it. And then they, they have what's called a ketubah, which is the marriage contract. And this is more from the groom to the bride. And it is read and it, it, is, it is explained, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is how I'm going to provide for you. Mm. This is how I'm going to protect you. This is my role in this relationship as we covenant together. All the things that are happening at Mount Sinai, God comes down. There's a canopy, the Shekinah glory of God. The, the, the bride has spent three days getting herself ready, purifying herself, coming clean. Think about a, a, a bride marching down the aisle in her white dress to show that I am clean and pure for my, my spouse or, or my future husband today, right? And so they're brought to the base of the mountain, and then Moses begins to read the contract, the ketubah. <laughs> this is what God has said he will do for you, yeah. how he'll provide for you, how he'll protect you, how he'll take care of you. He'll bring you out unto himself. You are mine. Mm -hmm. You are my treasured possession. I will make you a holy nation, a kingdom. This is all love language. Is. This is God showering them with words and affirmation they've never heard in any other place, the same way a groom and a bride would speak to each other yeah. in their wedding vows. And so, you know, when they're like, all that you will do is almost like the engagement. Like, yes, I'll marry you. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when we do that, we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. Oh, I'll love you forever. You're the <laughs> one I want to spend my life with forever. And then you get married and you're like, whoa, oh, I didn't know it was like this. <laughs> right? Like, that's how it goes. So we jump the gun. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to be with you yeah. and it will all work out. We always jump into a relationship that way. Then we start to learn what it's going to take. And this is what's happening in this moment at Mount Sinai yeah. is this beautiful wedding ceremony is taking place between God and his people. And this is what we get for the rest of scripture. Mm. What does it refer to? The groom and the bride. We're the bride of Christ. You know, Jesus is the groom. The end of the story tells us that the groom comes back for the bride, right? This is how the story ends. And we end up at the great wedding banquet table mm. 
So this is the language now that is set throughout scriptures because of what happens at Sinai. And, and, and yet on the flip side, we get the other results. It is why we see that Israel or the people are an adulterous people, that they are an unfaithful people. The, the language of the Bible is strong in some cases. It says that you hoard around after other gods and idols. This is God saying, like, look, we were in a marriage covenant together. You decided to commit adultery. You decided to be unfaithful. You decided to whore yourself around and seek other gods, other idols, other laws, other ways of living. Wow. But I gave you a contract and a covenant that I would be all that you need at Mount Sinai. That's powerful, man. That is powerful. Christianity isn't about a stringent God of rules and laws um, to live by. Christianity is about a loving God who deeply wants to be in covenant relationship with you. That's it. He wants to get back to the moment that he enjoyed that intimacy with Adam and Eve. Right? longing for that but what happens we just continue to fight against that whether we know it or not with our habits with our rebellion our misfocus attentions driven in so many things the enemy is all really spearheading a lot of these things just trying to drive us away from a loving god that is inviting like you said the ketubah, it is an invitation. It, it's not mandatory. It's an invite. If, if you, if. you know, that, that's that key word. Yeah. If, if you do this, yeah. this is what I will give you. Yeah. This is his promise. I promise if you stay faithful in this marriage, if you don't commit adultery mm. in our relationship, this is what you get from me. Yeah. What we do is we, we become unfaithful, we commit adultery, and then we say, God, you're not promising to do what you promised to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how the relationship works, at least in our eyes, or should be working. Yeah. And that's where we go back to when my view of myself changes, so does my view of God. Yeah. My view of myself needs to change that you can open up the word of God and you can say, I don't like this God. I don't, I don't want to follow this God. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be in accord with the laws of this God, but what you cannot do knowing this is open the word of God and say, the God of this Bible wants to be in a loving, deep covenantal relationship with me. He wants to protect me, provide for me, guide me, love me, give me mercy, grace, forgiveness, send his son to die for me, prepare a great wedding feast and banquet for me, give me everlasting life. This is the God of the Bible, not the God that people think, right? So now we're all the way back to the beginning. The God you think he is, is not the God that the Bible says he is when Mm. you really open it up and you start to learn about it. And therefore it should change my goodness, my whole world went upside down when I was like, wait a second. So the giving of the Ten Commandments wasn't just these big, massive rocks that God like etched in stone with lightning and then came and was like, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> and everybody just trembled like, okay, God, we'll do whatever you want to do, like yeah. in fear. 
this was like a wedding ceremony where God is saying, hey, that's beautiful. Man. I'm going to be in a relationship with you forever. Yeah. So here's how it's going to look. Yeah. That changed. When it did, I was like, well, if that's, if that's the new picture, where else is there a new picture? What else do I need to know? I want to know more. And the more you learn, the more you discover, the more you, you, you explore, the more layers you get into, the more you begin to truly understand. That's so good, man. How great this God yeah. is and how much he loves you. That's good. And so let's have Amy break it down. It, it, you know, I, we're kind of uh, paraphrasing it a little bit into, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, and, and that, that was, was your, that was kind of, you know, something you wanted to creatively do. So that you hear it different. Yeah, right? exactly. So it's like you can hear, I am the Lord, your God. Mm. I am the Lord. I can't wish I had that voice, right? Like <laughs> just that, that, that movie trailer. I am the Lord, your God. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it's like, I need my morning voice more than my afternoon yeah, voice. Yeah. Morgan um, Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. There you go. According to chat. Um, but at, at the same time, instead of just hearing, I am the Lord, your God, it's as if he's saying, I am, mm. which is what he told Moses. I am all and everything that I need to be, that you'll want me to be. Yeah. Like, let's start there. And then think about it. Like when you see, when you think about the wedding and you think about like when I do all these weddings and it's like so-and-so is here today, so-and-so to give their lives together, you know, in holy matrimony, whatever. And then, you know, you go to the vows and they're, they're speaking this, this, I will do this and I will do this and, and, and I will be here for you till death do us part, you know, and all that stuff. All of a sudden you go, Take that picture of Israel and God at Mount Sinai. And then when God says things like, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, you can read it with like that veracity. Like, yeah. you shall have no other gods before me. Or you can now see God saying, hey, let's not allow anyone else in this relationship. Mm. Just me and you. No one comes between us. For all of eternity. That's good. In this life and, and the life to come. You, you shall make no carved images or idols. Why? Because they will leave you empty and they will get you nowhere. I'm all that you need. Right. I'm your bread of life. I'm yeah. your living water. I'm the only hope that you will ever need when you feel hopeless and you feel like you're at the end of your rope. When he says, don't take my name, right? In vain. We're like, well, that just means I can't yell God when I'm mad or I definitely can't say a cuss word behind that. And it's as if he's saying, just like in a marriage, you are taking my name. Literally, you know, the bride's last name changes to the groom's name. You are now Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. Let me be the first to introduce to you. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. And the, and the music kicks in wow. and they go marching off. And he's like, hey, you're taking my name. So now it represents us. Good. Don't misuse it. He says things like, remember the Sabbath. Remember, that's a gift. Hey, in this marriage, here's my gift to you. You don't have to keep working. I'll do all the work. I'll do most of it. We're going to partner together. But there's going to be a day where I love you enough. I just want you to rest yeah. and be you because I adore you. And so on that day, it's for you. He says things like honor your parents. But he's, he's talking about like, your family matters. Relationships. Yeah. We're coming out of generations. It's a multi-generational thing. Mm -hmm. Honor your parents, your father and your mother. And then he gets into like, it's like, hey, these are the laws that, that explain about loving God. And then there's the laws that explain about loving others. Yeah. Hey, as we live in a relationship together, we're going to live in community with people. 
and we're going to be connected with people and we're going to be in, 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 in houses and at dinner tables with people and we're going to be in towns and cities with people. So like first and foremost, don't kill. Life matters. I'm the author and giver of life. Let's value life together. Yeah. And then he says, uh, don't commit adultery, right? Well, yeah. Like, hey, in our relationship, let's not commit adultery. Let's not cheat on each other. The same way, don't do that with the people around you, okay? Don't bear false witness. What have they been doing? Grumbling, complaining, whining, you know, like, Let's let's not take that road and let's not be take that perspective. Let's not lie and gossip and slander. That gets us nowhere. That gets you to a troubled destination. That's right. And then he says, don't covet. Don't be jealous of what other people have. Don't want something over there. The grass isn't greener. Don't want to hop the fence and get on the other side. I am. I am all that you need. I am all that you will need. I can be and do whatever I need to in this relationship with you. This is why he says, know the guys before me. Why? Because I'm a jealous God. There isn't a couple that gets married that when they have that union together, there's not jealousy inside of one or the other cheats on each other, right? Yeah. It's the same way what God's saying. This is the Ten Commandments. It's 10 of the 613. It doesn't make the other 603 obsolete. It, it, it kind of summarizes and is an umbrella over all of the commandments, but it is a love language contract, ketubah, under the canopy, the hoopah, the Shekinah glory of God, a full all-out wedding ceremony of God saying, this is why I brought you out. Wow. I'll be the groom. You be the bride. <sighs> So good. When you see it in that lens, um, it changes everything. It changes everything. Like, like we said earlier, I think many people just mis misinterpret that whole whole scene as as again this like whipping of the back, and you must do this and you must do that. But when you see it and see it in the picture of a marriage covenant. It's, it's such a beautiful and intimate just picture of who God is. And, and it's not like we're just coming, out of, coming with this out of nowhere. I mean, we see the desire of God wanting to get closer to his creation on a constant basis. And so it's just evident. And so Exodus 20, 22, And the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, you have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. And so Sinai was just that invitation to come into this covenant, into an everlasting marriage with the creator of the universe. Yeah. And, and so Powerful, man. for those listening, watching, like now you're forced with a decision. Yes. Do I still want to cling to this thought that Christianity mm. is all about a stringent God who creates laws I don't want to live by? Or do I now see that Christianity and faith in God is about a loving God who wants a deep covenanting relationship with me and yeah. this life for the life to come? Yeah. And now we're back to Israel. You said I do on the front side. <laughs> yeah. All that you will say, I will. we will do. Now that you know, do you say I do? Yeah, wow. I do. I want to be with this God. Yeah. I trust this God. I want this God to be the Lord over my life. I surrender 
and I bind myself to him. Yeah. It's a choice that you now, like you said, have to face. Um, and let that be an encouragement for those that are watching or listening with us. Um, if your view has been skewered over the years, um, I, we hope and pray that it can begin to, you can see it that way through that lens, that God is desiring you. He wants you. He doesn't need you, but he wants you. And let that be life-changing for you. I wanted to quickly, before we wrap things up here, um, opened up my email this morning, and we got a, we got a review. We got a review on Spotify from um, Lady, uh, L-E-I-D-Y, Lady, and just wanted to give her a shout-out. She said, uh, amazing, period. I listen from New Jersey. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And this series has been a great blessing. The bit about the Sabbath was enlightening. God bless you. Nice. Look at that. Awesome. So good. Well, so good. Kudos to her. That, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Listening from New Jersey. Let's go. Uh, we're excited, man. We're really, again, this this brings so much joy for us. Um, we put in a lot of work. But God, um, God is just putting his hand on this thing. And uh, we need, we just support, you know, give, give us that support. If you can go to Instagram, um, follow us on Post Sunday Podcast there. Got a, another outlet is YouTube, youtube.com backslash at Post Sunday Podcast. Subscribe, like, and hit that notification button because we have, again, like I said earlier, we got a, um, a YouTube contest going on. So we want you guys to be a part of that. We're going to throw many more here, but this is our first one, so it's special. So comment, like, subscribe. That's all you got to do. And the winner will be announced on May 8th, and we're going to give out a $50 Amazon gift card for the winner. Next time we do this, we're going to do some PSP swag. Oh, PSP swag. There you go. I'm looking forward to that. Cause I'm I'm a big hat guy. I'm a big you know. Producer I like Alexis to wear. is in charge. Of <laughs> yeah, shout out to Alexis. She's been through uh, just doing some awesome work behind the scenes with us here. So we're super thankful for her. Um, but again, man, if you can like, subscribe, share, and just be a part of the ride, we're really looking forward to what how this is going to continue to go on. Uh, but thank you so much, man. We hope this was a blessing, episode 18, for you and your life. If you got any questions, hit us up. DM us on the Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast. But we love you guys. We'll see you back here next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.